sets up everything. The Blues have technically improved, grabbing three of the last four possible points and hanging tough with the Edmonton Oilers as we start the podcast in the second intermission. But have they improved enough to change our minds about the team? I'll give you one guess, and your guess shouldn't be yes. Meanwhile, Blues first-round draft pick Jimmy Snuggerud seems to be a player with a strong start to his NCAA season and a spot on the U.S. World Junior Championship team. Will he one day score 800 goals in the NHL like oh, Alex yeah. Ovechkin just did? Probably not, but here's hoping. And with the Christmas season approaching, we'll draft our top five favorite Christmas movies. But pair warning, if you're one of those diehard as a Christmas movie freaks, this podcast won't be for you. We've got a lot to cover and it's already almost 11 p.m. on the East Coast. So let's get started and let's go Wet Bandits. Welcome back, everyone. A very happy holidays to you and yours. A happy Hanukkah, which I believe is starting very soon, if it hasn't already started. The 19th, you got, what are you Jewish people waiting for? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> now, this is the Kanye podcast, so hosted by Kanye. I refuse to use yay because I just think it's dumb. So, you know, I'm going to call him Kanye. But, That's right. Uh, we've gotten off to a hot start. At least we got more energy. We got more pep. We're a little happier than last time. <laughs> you know, not because the Blues are any better because they're not. <laughs> it's three to one Edmonton Oilers as we start recording. But, um, you know, it is uh, it is what it is. We, we, we know what we are now. We figured out what we were. And we've got some things to talk about. Excuse me. Um, one of the things I thought we could start with, Ian, because you sent it to me and I thought it was a very interesting piece, is this um, long, long article in The Athletic by Jeremy Rutherford and Shana Goldman that was published today. Um, it's very interesting. It just it kind of goes through everything the Blues did to build a, a a contender like what their 2018-19 team really looked like and then stacked it up against the requirements of the typical requirements of a Stanley Cup winning team and uh then it shows kind of our progressive degeneration if you will degeneration x Mm -hmm. um (laughs) of our uh roster and I think it was really interesting to kind of read through I don't want to read too much of the work because obviously it's proprietary working but that's right um you gotta pay for that stuff one one paragraph that really caught my eye and i haven't read down all the way to the bottom yet but goldman uh she's talking here about the 2020 and 21 season and that's after petrangelo left she said uh while there's less fault to go around for the blues elimination in 2020 because she cited the kind of um the pandemic circumstances and tarasenko's injuries is like big reasons for why we struggled there there's certainly some blame for roster construction in 2020 21 
This team's been reeling since the loss of Petrangelo because they haven't had a true number one since. And that's pretty important for a team trying to contend. A team can get by without a legitimate elite number one if the rest of the blue line is that strong. But that wasn't the case in St. Louis that year and hasn't been since. The cracks started forming then and have only been further strained over the last couple of years. Pareko wasn't projected to be at that elite number one's tier based on previous seasons, but sometimes a player can run with opportunity. That wasn't the case here, however, and some of it's due to the fact that he was never put in the position to succeed in the first place. And she goes on about that, uh, basically torturing our defense, and I think deservedly so. Um, and I mean, I, I honestly, I think that's the decision to let Petrangelo walk is the biggest mistake Doug Armstrong's made. And I don't even necessarily think that that, that we would be better if Alex Petrangelo was here. But if Alex Petrangelo was here and Colton Pareko and Tory Krug at least were not, even if you say he still makes the Falk trade an extension, neither of those guys are here right now, if you have both of those guys employed. That alone to me is enough to say I'd rather <laughs> be in that circumstance. Wouldn't you? I mean, wouldn't you rather have Petrangelo on his contract and Falk on his and no Kruger Pareko than oh, what we have right now. Oh yeah. You know? So I, I would definitely take that. It's it just sucks that that was like the biggest domino. You know, it's like it's one of it's Armstrong's biggest mistake. And the problem is that it has such like wide sweeping ramifications. Like I still always think it's funny that we got Falk um because Petrangelo might leave, right? I mean, that's at least what it felt like. And then Petrangelo left. And then we had to get Tory Krug because Petrangelo left. And it's like, didn't we just get fought for that? And it's like, oh, yeah. we need we need more because, you know, he means so much to the team. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, then maybe you should have kept him. Um, it's, yeah, losing Petrangelo is pretty much the reason that this team is, like, in the mess they're in defensively. Like, it just branches out to all these, like, poor decisions and, for contracts and extensions and it's it's a rough one and, and they're all like when you look at the chart that they have in that article and you see like what is required or what they've kind of put together in terms of like what a Stanley Cup winning team needs at each position and then you measure that to like what the Blues have especially defensively they miss the mark on pretty much like every defenseman like we don't have a number one we don't really have a good like quality second pairing necessarily or third pairing is really up and down it's just like the whole thing was a mess um and that's not even touching like the forwards and the fact that they're we've had a lot of folks age and and leave and it's just not not the same team up front either um it's rough it's it's very i don't know i think it's just more more evidence that this team isn't as good as even some people think they can be. I read a lot these days still where people are like, you know, it just doesn't make any sense that the blues are, you know, 13, 15 and one, because they should be better. And I think that's the part where it's like, people still have to come to the realization of like, they really shouldn't be. I mean, they should be in the sense that they're your favorite team and you want them to be good, but should they be better? Like, because they're like underperforming right now, I think at this point they're probably where they should be. Like this is a team that's really not good enough for the playoffs. 
They're also not necessarily bad enough to be in the Bedard sweepstakes, which unfortunately makes it puts us in a really crap bubble position, right? So mm-hmm. I just wish they would. I just wish if you're gonna stink, like pick a lane, and I just wish we would figure that out sooner than later because they'll they'll figure it out. But is it gonna be now? Is it gonna be next year when everyone's a year older again and it's the same issues because we don't make any roster changes? Um, Bennington just made a friggin' nut save. Um, like, I just wish they would figure it out now because it's not like this isn't some, this isn't a one off season, right? This isn't a season mm-hmm. where people are like, well, you know, some teams have rough seasons and they, the next season they're much better. And it's like, I'd, we're only going to be much the better. The character explanation, you mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, ah, every team has an off season. It's like, sure, but like a lot of the times you can point at things like, oh, the goalie was just really bad. They couldn't get a save, right? That's a lot of bad teams. It's like, oh, it's the, the goalie's terrible. And it's like Bennington hasn't been great, but I don't think don't he's been Don't you like, go talking about our goalies. That's right. <laughs> I don't think he's trouble. been god-awful or like the sole reason. And oh, then, it's 3-2 now. You didn't mention the two. Oh, yeah, there was there was a goal. Uh, Robert Thomas is elite. Um, Bennington's laying down on someone. Oh, McDavid, of all people. Oh, let's take a swipe at McDavid, Bennington. Come on, please. <laughs> please get them up in arms um the no, he made a, save is the one made a really great his, yeah lying on his back and does the hands up yeah that was cool <laughs> so funny um i don't know where i was going but yeah like they just i wish they would figure out that this team isn't very good right now so we don't have to like have everyone in this front office come to the realization uh in two years and be like, oh, you guys, we really need to rebuild. It's like, we really need to rebuild two years ago when the draft was deep as hell. Um, and you had UFAs and you had 13 scouts at like two back-to-back games staring at your team like, what are you going to give us, Doug? <laughs> so like, I don't well, know. Well, Ian, you know, when a, go- when a GM gets desperate, the other GMs <laughs> aren't sending you lifelines. <laughs> They're throwing Yankees. That's, That's right. You know that. That's right. That's a, that's something. Uh, that's something I maintain. I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm starting. That's starting to lose meaning to me. That's starting. You hear that so often. Thirty-two thoughts. That it's starting to sound like gibberish whenever well, uh, Jeff Merrick says. I always maintain. I'm like, what? <laughs> you do? You maintain I... like fifty different things. <laughs> and do you remember them every morning? You wake up and you're like. Oh yeah, the fifty things I maintain in my life that build my, my personality and who I am are maybe he has some tattooed on them. That Skinner, that Skinner goalie mask is pretty tight. Oh no, it's nice. I do think. I mean, we said this a lot, and and I think it's kind of the story of this entire and this entire Blues season is. Last year we had three things that we don't have this year: a sky high shooting percentage, a goaltender that was stealing games and uh extremely good special teams this year we don't have any of the three and that's why we're losing a lot Hmm. and uh, if we hadn't had two of those three last year we would have lost a lot i do think i underrated how good billy huso was and he's been pretty good with detroit too yeah i haven't seen a lot of them this year but has he had like decent numbers yeah he's got pretty good numbers i mean especially on detroit i think he's got like a 912 or maybe a 910 and you know 260 or 70 you know that's but the, the that's pretty good this year, too. this year is is also like nine right. five for league average instead of 910 so that is an interesting thing i've thought about too is like how are we going to have to like re 
calibrate what is a good goalie because it yeah. seems like shooters like offenses going to the roof and goalies aren't necessarily bad but just like these these young forwards are just so good at scoring that it's just like is you know nine uh whatever nine ten nine fifteen was like that's league average mm-hmm. maybe like five six years ago and now it's like I just wonder if we're getting to the point where it's like 905, that's a really good, that's a pretty good goalie in this league. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, I mean, pointing to that, and I know we talked about it plenty last time. I don't mean to beat a dead horse this week, but like Jordan Bennington, last game out, stole us a game. He won us a game pretty much by himself. We won one nothing against Nashville. He looked great. He's looked pretty good in this game. But like whatever you want to say, if you want to be a Bennington defender and say he hasn't been at all an issue this season, you know, I might tend to disagree, but I don't think anyone could argue he's been stealing games left and right. Yeah, I mean, the 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 win record, the win loss record tells us as much as that, you know, so like that's one area where it seems to me like we've definitely lost that. The special teams are down. That's and the and the shooting percentage are down. Is down. That's just non-negotiable. And we knew the shooting percentage would be down. That was inevitable. So when you look at those two things, three things, and then you add in Perron, and then you factor in how whatever effect Perron had on the locker room, it's not hard to see why this team is having issues. But I do think we we had this conversation earlier in the week, and I, um, Jeremy Rutherford, you know who we love. We, I, we've never been shy about uh, sharing our admiration for JR. He gave us a big response. Um, he torched us. To this. But uh, there was a, he wrote a Kelly Chase, he wrote a Kelly Chase article. He wrote an article in which he quoted Kelly Chase um, talking about the blues and talking about basically the, the locker room chemistry and what was going wrong behind the scenes. And listen, Kelly Chase played in the NHL for a lot of years. He knows a lot more about hockey and team chemistry than I do. And particularly as, inf- and as, as an enforcer, that probably was his job in a lot of ways to kind of maintain those things and keep everybody on the same page. That's right. Um, It's a big job. He's entitled to give those insights, but there was a comment on that article from a guy named Dante P. I have no idea if he'll hear this or saw the, saw our Twitter thread about it. Probably didn't, probably won't, but uh, (laughs) I thought, yeah, for you pointed out to me first, but then I, you know, I read it and I thought it was extremely insightful. Uh, And he wrote, all this talk, all this talk about Cairo and Thomas earning too much is dumb. They're the two point points leaders on our team. Is Kruger earning his paycheck? Is Pareko? Is Bennington? Is O'Reilly? Any of the vets on this team that are annoyed over a contract that hasn't even kicked in yet should take a look in the mirror. Hey, that's a David Backus trademark right. right there. You got to pay your royalties for that. If that's all it takes to set this culture back, that's a pretty pathetic culture Chase is waxing poetic about. No one questions culture until you start losing. It's a nice way to frame the problem as if it's not a roster construction issue and instead all a nebulous mental block, but it's not. And I hate to break it to Chase, but the answers aren't coming from within this time. Thomas and Kyrie are scoring. Everyone else has taken a step back offensively from last year. Billy Huso bailed the poor defense out a ton. Bennington hasn't been able to do that consistently enough, and the defense hasn't improved since last year. The reasons they're not as good as last year are very obvious to see without doing the whole culture song and dance. The culture has suffered because they're losing, not the other way around. In 2018, this was a team with solid underlying numbers being punished with bad coaching and bad goaltending. The underlying numbers are bad now. The coaching is not the issue. 
The goaltending is not the entire issue. The roster is bad. When the roster is good again, suddenly the culture will be totally fine, like magic. That's always how it works. Now, you know, I'm not agreeing with every word of this necessarily, but I do think his overall point is really on the money. And I do think when you look back at 2018-19, that is a big, big difference. The underlying numbers for that team were always great. A lot of the smarter analysts in hockey were kind of saying at the time, like, why isn't this team somewhat better? How is mm-hmm. everything going wrong? And then we started to gel and find success. You can't you know, everybody wants to point to a different thing that turned that season around and, you know, what made the difference, but you can't entirely distinguish whether it's a very chicken and egg argument to say, well, did the culture improve and that's what led to winning or did the winning happen? And that's what led to a a cohesive culture. It's Mm -hmm. hard to know. You know, I certainly, I think the culture a little bit before the winning, but I don't think it was a hundred percent one-to-one, you know? So I don't know. I guess all I'm saying is I think your point that the team's just not good, fundamentally not great enough to be certainly not a cup contender. You know, could they be a fringe playoff contender? Sure. It's the NHL. Anybody could be, you know, I don't, I'm not even saying that to be a dick about this team. Like literally anyone, anyone could be in the NHL. Um, But they're certainly not a cup contender. I don't even think, you know, I don't even think they're a second round team at this point. And if, if like we talked about last week, if you're looking at a team that's already barely a fringe playoff team, if that, and then on top of that is going to get worse with age, you know, is on the wrong side of the aging curve, then that's a team that needs to retool or rebuild or re whatever to quote Doug Armstrong. I got to get that new uh, banner up on. on <laughs> uh, I'll do it. If, if they lose this game, remind me, I'll do it. Right okay. They, uh, they pulled the goalie. I believe they're face off. In the, yeah. I've got, in the I've, got zone. I've got it. Oh, you got it. Here, yeah. let's, you do dare, you do JK and I'll do Darren. <laughs> <laughs> and why wouldn't you? Oh, ah, oh, geez, Rick. Oh, shit. Wrong, wrong, <laughs> oh, geez, Rick. <laughs> wrong, short, little energetic man. Um, yeah, I mean, I remember in 1819, right? There was lots of talk of like, it's, there's people that like Steen, there's people that like Petrangelo, like they're not even necessarily butting heads, like arguing, but it's just like they're both just different voices in the room and that, you know, mm-hmm. that's leading to trouble. And then, and we talked about it plenty. I mean, it gives you something to talk about for sure. Uh, but then they started winning and there was, it was never mentioned again. <laughs> it was never brought <laughs> up again. Um, yeah. And, I I would think some of that's the same thing here. Like you're right. I think sometimes there is definitely culture issues in locker rooms. I think you look at like a team like Vancouver, where like Bo Horvat and uh, JT Miller like apparently don't speak to each other or whatever. Like that's probably uh, if they're winning, they probably do a little bit. But that sounds like two people that just don't enjoy each other, um, mm-hmm. which isn't great. But I don't think there's huge issues here. It's probably the same normal stuff of like, well, you've got young guys playing and sometimes they don't try as hard. The vets are annoyed with it. And that ha- I'm sure it's happening on the ducks, you know, too. And all, a, a myriad of other teams, it just happens. Um, but if they, if they start winning, then, then like you said, none of that's an issue. It's just like, when you were talking, I was thinking like, who here thinks like you said, like we're like a bubble team. 
Like mm-hmm. there are fans out there and I know they're not deciding the direction of the team or anything, but there are fans out there that like, are like, well, yeah, I just, I think if we really, if they really start putting some good games, you know, strings of games together, um, they can, they can really turn this around and we'd be in the playoffs and we're going to be a hard, we're going to be a hard out in the playoffs. I'm like, do you believe we're like going to win a cup? And they'd probably be like, mm, I'd probably not. And I'm like, well, then I don't, then I don't really care. Like, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd like a second round team, like a third round team, whatever. But like, if you're building to that and it makes sense, oh shit, we tied it. Hey, oh, we tied it when we pulled the goalie and we were on the power or we were on the PK. Good job, Tarasenko. That's called bumping up your trade value, folks. Yeah. We need that. Anytime I'm watching these games, I'm like, I need O'Reilly, I need Tarasenko, <laughs> or I need Barbashev to do something crazy stupid because I need I need these numbers up, baby. I need a first. Let's go. <laughs> um, damn, what a shot. Good job, these two. Was this Kyra? Was this Kyra assist? Tarasenko turnover. Another Tarasenko. Man, he like twice popped the puck out. Damn, tenacious, tenacious. I'm the boy so doesn't want to leave Edmund. I'm gonna be so sad when put, they trade him. I'm gonna be so put sad. me on Connor McDavid wing. You <sighs> could you imagine that'd be sick if they did that and they won? Oh, oh I'd, I'd be I'd buy like 10 Tarasenko Oilers <laughs> I get like every kind home away. These freaking reverse retros, the, the awful, nasty other uh navy ones. Dark, I get them all dark boys. Oh, yeah. really dark blue have you ever been alone in a quiet room <laughs> you know that kind of thing oh yeah that, that one for sure um man they're they're screwing up my whole narrative though <laughs> i know god damn it team hey they got a point will they win three on three against a team that's got Connor mcdavid and leon dreisaitl probably not darnell nurse rough a rough season an extremely rough season for this nine million dollar man he looks dejected uh, he is he's not looking happy and freaking Paul Mujnevich is still in the <laughs> I think if you score a short-handed goal that should be the end of the power play for the other team oh, yeah. I think they yeah, should I totally agree. be like nope he's, he's out <laughs> you bail them out uh, that's so funny we so should, wait are they going to start should... OT 4 on 3 oh that's so that's so shit that's hilarious <laughs> So explain something to me, Ian, because I didn't, I wasn't actually online at the time that this happened. We got a penalty for starting the wrong lineup. What is that? I don't know. I can only venture to guess that like you tell the linesman, like here are the five players I'm going to send out. And Uh then if you have a wrong guy out there, they're like, you lied to us. And that's a penalty. (laughs) Uh, No lying in, in hockey. Friends don't lie. Um, I would guess so. I mean, the reason for that, I guess, is that, I don't know. Why does it matter that you put someone else out there? I guess it's for shenanigans' sake that you're Did not trying to two, pull some bullshit. Two too many men penalties as well? Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Good God. Not, not a great look, Craig. <laughs> not, a, not a fantastic look for the bench. Oh boy, now it's OT. Now we just got to watch this and comment on it. Um, I am upset that there are so many tweets about the Blues starting the wrong lineup. But not one of those tweets takes a second to explain it. And here's what that is. Right. You know, Apparently it happened to the Blues 
the last time it happened the Blues was when Davis Payne coached the team. Ah, uh, that makes sense. That I believe sense. it's the it's a trip. First, it's Perron's first tour here, so they said David Perron was out there <laughs> instead of Brad Boys, who was supposed uh, to be out there, and then Brad Winchester scored a goal, but because it wasn't a, like touched by Perron at all, like it counted, it didn't matter. I was like, what? Oh man, this is crisp. Oh, oh this. So- this this very rare bench minor penalty is called when the offending team fails to put the starting lineup on the ice at the beginning of the game for this penalty to be called the captain of the non-offending team must bring this breach of the rules to the referee's attention immediately (laughs) at the first stoppage of play also the penalty may be given if the player is not put on the score sheet at the beginning of the game and plays the only way for this to be called is that the official score notifies the referee of this oversight so the ref doesn't even have to keep actual track. No. Oh damn! No, Con- Connor McDavid just has to go over to him and be like, "Yo, dude, this fucked." Hey, I don't know if you know this, but they they've got five defensemen out there. I I don't like that they. Um, I don't like that. I know there's no way for this to work, but I don't like that it goes to four on four. I think one guy from the team with the attack should just have to sprint off (laughs) (laughs) i do remember wondering that i was like how does this work and it's like oh they just let the other guy come out i was like oh that makes sense um they should go back to four on four is that a hot take maybe that's a really dumb take but for some reason yeah three on three ain't doing it for me anymore they didn't like skate it out into the neutral zone right like back when i was four on four they didn't do this reset stuff maybe that just Maybe they would have at this point in time, anyways. Like it's just a natural progression in like how how you set up or whatever. But it, they definitely never used to do that. Yeah. It's only three on three, I guess. With the well, space, I you're think afforded is, that. I think this is such a classic NHL problem because it's like they tried to make something interesting by three on three, and then of course uh, the the NHL teams made it boring again, you know, because <laughs> yeah. the coaches don't want the track meet, even though that's literally the point of three on three. So they're like, no, 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 you keep possession at all costs, do anything to keep the puck and only mm. score if you have to, you know, I feel like you, you yeah. got to get us that extra, extra point for the, um, you know, for going to the shootout. Yeah, I know. I like when they hang out. I guess some teams are just better at the shootouts, but still, I'm always like, why are teams like, hold like, just get me to that shootout. I'm like, it's it's even worse, right? Oh, even baby. if you're good at it, you don't want that. Um, I feel like, to your point, though, like sucking the fun out of three on three. Oh, there it is. Oh, I'm so sorry, Benner. No one was yeah. there to clean up for you. You made a pretty you're a little, sick you're toe a little save. Out of me. Oh, is this my boy, Connor? My boy, Connor. My like, boy. I own the best player in hockey. Oh, oh, no, Jordan. That's not your fault, bud. What that's are we? not your fault, bud. We're 1-0-2 in this last stretch. It's, a, it's okay. You're still a good doctor. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, oh, boy. You can, like, see it coming, too. You're yeah. like, I thought he was going to score before the save. Here like, comes oh. the meltdown. Edit profile. Let's see. What's Tarasenko talking Place about? He says, get this in. team back on the ice. Oh, they're wait, what's happening? They're not is letting them go focus? out. Oh, is it gonna be? Oh, he's hold the ref saying get the fuck back on the ice. Um, uh, maybe it's 
play offside. Maybe they're going to challenge offside too. I can't wait for people to listen to this when they already know what's happening. But ah. you, folks, line your DVR up with our commentary. I think it's kind of fun though. We should do this more often. I know. I was like, this gets me. This gets me into it. Freaking Dreisaitl, you sexy son of a bitch. <laughs> do you? Uh, there's a, there's an all time great. Are they calling it back or is it over? Uh, no, it's still. I don't know what they're even reviewing for. I have a sound off so it doesn't like interfere with all stuff. What are they saying? Let's hear real quick. Outside, I guess. Well, that certainly wasn't fucking anything. What? Oh, I see. They're trying to say he did like it's the old Kale McCarr thing uh, okay. where he like lost possession over the line, but like. I well, O'Reilly does hit his stick and stuff. You know what? For a split second, I thought it was like, no, that's just off his stick and I'm back on it. But O'Reilly kind of gets in the way. Uh, but there's are they smiling? They're smiling. It's a good goal. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I don't know. No goal. No goal? Really? Yeah. That's what they just said. Oh, he's smiling like the angry smile, like the kind where he's like, <laughs> I'll just score it again. <laughs> Connor McDavid towers over your poverty franchise, baby. Yeah. What a weird game. This is like those those two too many men penalties. A That's what Woodcocks looks like. Shit. Who looks like? Their coach, Woodcox, isn't that his name? Woodcroft. Woodcroft, right. You're thinking Babcock, Hitchcock, Woodcock. Woodcock. Woodcock is a hilarious name. Nobody should have that name, but people do. <laughs> if you're if you're listening right now and you're a Woodcox, I'm sorry. There's people with the last name Nimrod. I remember that. I remember a kid in elementary school's last name was Nimrod, and I remember being like, that shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> they should have looked at you on Ellis Island and been like, so in English, that's not so good. So we're just gonna change it. Completely. Your last name is Jefferson. <laughs> I don't but care no what, one in my family is named Jeffrey. No, I don't care. I don't care what part of Nimradia you come from. Imagine trying to defend Connor McDavid when he has as much ice as he wants. He's shifty. Oh my God. So Kyrie taking the puck off somebody. I wonder if this is going to be controversial now. You think people are loving this episode or hating it right now? This is just a, um, a full-blown watch-along at this point. I know, right? As I, They should have just lost. If they would have lost, you wouldn't have this We're problem. This fun. is the Blues' fault. This is the Blues' problem. They can't commit to a direction. I'll say probably not stupendous for uh, listeners, but at the same time, <laughs> if, if you're into hockey and you're listening to, to us two talk about this, then this is like... This better be your heroine. Oh, shit. That guy's yeah. fast. Whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> What's David? happening? Oh, shit. Ooh. Is that him? No, that's somebody no. else. Why do they ever not have Connor McDavid and Dry Settle out? Just like, it's five minutes, know. baby. You can do it. Who's 27? He's faster than a motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. I don't now know. People, now people are loving the comment. Now, now we're not even talking. <laughs> um, oh, oh, oh. Maybe they can a win. Have we lost? Have we? Is that a Tyson Berry? Maybe. Perhaps. Oh, I, I guess he'd be out there three on three. I was to say, why would you put him out there? But 
Right, they put Connor McDavid back. There's a little water bugs going. Oh, that's got to be a penalty. That's Brett Kulak? No. Why would he be on the ice? That's not a penalty? Okay. Someone just pulled Connor McDavid down. I think O'Reilly pulled him out. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Colton Pareko base goal. Oh, here we go. O'Reilly goal. Oh, how is there not a goal? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Did Did someone stop it on the goal line? That well, he tucked that in. He had to have tucked that in. Yeah, we're gonna start doing games. We're gonna start doing recordings with like five minutes left in games. Yeah, <laughs> even when it's a blowout. Oh, now I'm scared. Oh shit! Ah! As much as I like, you gotta sacrifice your foot, Vladimir. Oh. Is that it? Is it over? Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it's shootout time. Really? Now, you, so now you folks got to listen to us talk about the shootout. Oh, good times. Oh, man. They got to go back to this O'Reilly talk. How did that not go in? Ian, who's your favorite member of One Direction? I mean, it's it got to be Harry Styles, right? I mean, that's the only one that I can remember. There's like Nail Yakupov, right? <laughs> there's Nile. There's Zane, I believe. Also. Oh, Zane, Zane. Zane was the first one to, to do. Oh, how? Okay. Where to go? <laughs> I need it above the yeah. Where did this go? No, don't just go back. I don't care about this one. That went off the post. Clearly went off the post. It's fine. Doink. Yeah, you're fine. Now go back to the O'Reilly. I have no idea. Review it. Toronto blow the buzzer. Oh uh, yeah. It just oh. went off the back of a stick. Oh, oh, we just completely lost it. Yeah. Ryan O'Reilly, you loser. You fucking shock. <laughs> Where there goes your freaking uh your trade value mm-hmm. plummeting to the earth. Um I don't even remember the other two one direction people. There's there's um the one guy that looks like Nail that's a brunette, and then there's the one that looks like he's like 10 years older than the rest of them. And that one's name is uh, Aaron Carter, Nick Carter. Which one's the oh, one that's RIP. alive? Which one's the one that died, Nick? No, Aaron, the younger one, yeah, right? Okay. Uh-huh. I think so. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I I feel kind of bad because I feel like even like small celebrities when they die, I hear a lot about it. I don't know if I was just like in Hawaii or something, but when Nick Carter died, or Aaron Carter died, I don't care. I think I heard about it once. But RIP to a real one. RIP, RIP. All right, who is this? Nugent Hopkins. Oh, he missed. Binner was never going to fall for that nuge. Come on. Forehand, backhand. He sees that in his sleep. I'm getting the preview version right now. Oh, yeah. Forehand, backhand. Binner was never going to fall for that. You kidding? (laughs) He sees that in his sleep. (laughs) What's this ref ref talking to freaking Skinner? Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. You know, I believe in you. You're a pretty good goalie. You can stop (laughs) this guy. Oh, that's a snipe from freaking Cairo. Oh, baby. I root for I root for like six people on this team. <laughs> Cairo Thomas, Tarasenko, O'Reilly, Barbashev, and Jordan Bennington. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of them can go get fucked. Um, I don't know if you know this, Ian, but we are actually Jordan Bennington haters. That's so. right. We belong to the hater crowd. Oh, baby. Big save. Sorry, Connor. 
denied. That wasn't even a move, Connor. More like Connor McLamevid. Oh, Connor, you're gonna have to do more than that. Wow, it really did look like he was just boogie boarding out there. <laughs> That's right. Tarasenko. Let's see. Let's see. Come on, baby. Oh, Tepachenko. All right. All right. That's fine. Just stop this one, Benner. Benner for the winner. Come on. Who are they going to put out there? Dreisaitl? It's got to be Dreisaitl. Yeah, it's Dreisaitl. Skate that Deutsch bag out of here. He really is a Deutsch bag. Oh, baby. That's a winner. Sug it. Winner, winner, Jordan Venner. Well, I mean, for a game they looked sort of back and forth in or whatever, that's a win. That's a win. It's a win, win, win. Going to Calgary yeah. tomorrow, feeling pretty good about yourself, the struggling Calgary Flames. I mean, look, folks, I'm trying to be happy and positive for everyone because, like, you know, it's a long season. I do, I do still – I do still generally enjoy when they win and everything, but it, it's also painful because they'll win this one and then they'll like lose tomorrow on embarrassing <laughs> or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, ah, fucking throttle me. Do be different. Look, if you're going to win and make it like fun, if you're just going to like win some, like then win some, make it fun, make it interesting. I'm I'll jump right back on board. I still think this team's like gonna have to like rebuild and everything, but like I'll be I'll be here for the enjoyment of it. Like last season, I didn't think they were gonna win the cup last season, but after they beat Minnesota, I'm like, hey, let's have a good time, let's have some fun. <laughs> um, and then we didn't. Yeah, no, I mean I, we fucking didn't. Uh, I believe I even believe a little bit when we made it. Like what was it? We were down three to one. We made it three two in the series against uh, the Avalanche. I was like, yeah, yeah, you know what? Yeah, this is this is a series, and we got you know, shit can in game six, but like, it was fun. So like, if they can, if, if you can please for love of God, win like the next like four or five or, you know, whatever, five of seven or something like, cool. Let's make, make a little run of it. But like, if it's just going to be back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, I'd much rather you just like then lose a bunch. That equalizing goal. I totally agree. That equalizing goal was Vladimir Tarasenko's first shorthanded goal of his career. What? I guess that kind of makes sense, but didn't they used to throw him out on the PK like right at the end, even when he wasn't even that defensively responsible back in the day because they were like, oh, well, you know, they're going to skate up ice after they, uh, we get our extra or our guy back and then they'll score and they'll win. I'm surprised. I'm very surprised. Do you know that this goal from the other day that he scored, where was it? In the third period against the Avalanche was his first power play goal of the season. I did not. That should kind of tell you how bad uh, our special teams have been. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's not great. People are fired up about this win, baby, and I am happy that they are fired up. And that freight train of Calgary's coming, baby. Oh, it's coming hard. You ready for... Johnny Uberdo to score 14 points in a game because I am. Oh boy, what else do we need to talk about? Ian, we got a Christmas tree draft to do, a Christmas movie draft to do. We got Jimmy Snuggerud having a great NCAA season, going to play for the World Junior Championship team yeah, for talk the to me United about snugs. States. Snugs, got to get snugs. Uh, he's a good player. He looks to be a really good player. I'm, I'm excited. 
He's a good player, good player. Um, I am excited for him. His shot is apparently really, really powerful, really good. He has 27 points in 20 games at the University of Minnesota. He's a golden gopher. He's one of your Go gophers. That's the only sport uh, at that college that people care about, like have any pride in. Not even football? No, I remember oh, what... Uh, have any pride makes sense though yeah i remember my freshman year they did a big thing where you made an m on the football field their new brand new football field like all the whole freshman class went and made this giant m and they took an aerial photo of it and i remember the person leading our little group told us oh yeah they're starting to do this with every uh freshman class that comes in because they're trying to um like grow pride for the school's like sports and extracurricular stuff because we're in the big 10 and it seems like every other school like has that and Minnesota doesn't. So we're, so they're trying to artificially like inject it into the school. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, that that makes sense. I think people like going to sporting events to drink, you know, illegally. Tisk tisk. I apparently, apparently uh, Snuggerud is playing on a line in Minnesota with Matthew Nyes, the mm-hmm. touted Toronto prospect, and Logan Cooley. <laughs> so uh, that's an unreal trio. Um, he has a really nice shot. Uh, one guy said he was one of the most improved goal scorers, or I'm trying to, I lost it because this stupid Twitter refresh, but uh, they talked about him as like one of the most improved producers compared with last year. Um, Scott Wheeler says that uh, the Team USA is going to ask a lot of Logan Cooley, Cutter Gautier, and Jimmy Snuggerud offensively. Corey Pronman reinforced that. Um, so, yeah, a lot to be excited about there. I do think Snuggerud's like our only player at the World Junior Championship that I know of, um, but it's exciting nonetheless, you know. Is what's-his-face not going to go? Um, Bulldog. Bulldog. Is he old enough? I think he, or no, I guess, no, I guess he must be eligible because he's still in. Maybe he's on like the long list. I could see him being like on the long list and then gets cut or whatever. Cause like he should be good, but I don't know if he's like that good. He's 19. So he's eligible. He does have 43 points in 24 games so far this year, but you know, that's in the QMJHL. So take that with a grain of salt. Uh, Let's see if he's, even on the team. Um, trying to see. He was cut by Team Canada. <laughs> That's okay. So, That's a good team, folks. I also got porn and searching for bulldog on twitter so be careful out there folks be careful there's porn everywhere oh because be careful you might stumble on some porn that's what i do when i get caught i go i don't don't know i was just searching for for mcdonald's and i came upon this that's right that's exactly right um alex ovechkin's really good he's got 100 800 goals he trademarked gate chase. Oh, sorry. Great. Okay. That makes more sense. Great. Great with an eight for Ovechkin. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I mean, he's going to do it now. I don't think, you know, the only thing that would stop him is him retiring. So don't retire and then he's going to do it. You know, <laughs> like, uh, I think that's pretty simple, pretty exciting. Oh, yeah. I know. I still think there's people, or I love hearing that there's people out there that are like, well, you know, I think he's got a really good shot now. And I'm like, I think in barring some catastrophic drop off, yeah, he's going to do it. Like, the, I don't know what it was. I don't know what it is about this, but the fact that he like went out and trademarked the thing, like showing that he like cares and he's like signifying that he cares and he's going for it. Cause I've, I'm sure he's talked about it in interviews and stuff like that, but none that I've ever seen. I don't think he's been outwardly vocal. Like I will, I'm going for that record and I will break that record sort of thing. It's just uh, like kind of been a lot of people around him or in the media being like, well, that's, you know, obviously what he's going for. To sort of have him like trademark this thing, that's that's an obvious flag of like, yes, I will be doing this. And for whatever mm-hmm. reason, I'm like, okay, well, it's it's done. That's more or less done then. Because <laughs> I just feel like even if he slows down to say like 30 goals a season or like falls away off and he's like at 25 a season or whatever, I feel like he's still a good enough or useful enough player and the team knows what he's going for that he's just going to be on the caps until he does it right mm-hmm. um the record like Gretzky is 894 so he's like 895 to beat it I feel like at that point really the only thing to do after that is to get five more at least to get to 900 and be the only 900 goal scorer I know this is probably more impossible. Maybe he was younger, but it would be so sick. <laughs> Not that he will. But to hit a thousand, be like mm-hmm. the only thousand goal score. That's like mind melting. But even just have 900 would be crazy. Um, I mean, what is he, 35, 36? Like he can do it. I think he can do it. The guy had a hat trick the other night. He literally got past to. Um, by whoever it was and he like dusted it off and like everyone knew it was a goal I feel like the goalie knew it was a goal it was like the most obvious goal ever scored Um, and it's amazing right because like he's scoring at an unprecedented pace for a career um, and he's doing it post lockout in a in an era that we're scoring generally speaking it's gone up these last couple years but generally speaking has been down especially down compared to when Gretzky played. So it's like he's possibly going to break that record and in a harder era to score, like he's like definitively the best goal scorer of all time. And I think they're talking about this on the Steve Dangle podcast too, is like for a long time, even with the cup um, that Ovechkin won, it was always like Crosby, Ovechkin, Crosby, Ovechkin. Well, Crosby's probably still the better player or had the better career or whatever. He had three cups, he went to four cup finals. Um, he came back from like his, his like really terrible concussion injury. Um, he's like super consistent. Like he's an he's a, whatever he's like your first line grinder or whatever they say. Um, he's like probably possibly the most underrated player. <laughs> like, cause I think everyone just pay attention to McDavid and all these young players and Crosby still getting it done. Anyways, point being, he's always kind of like Crosby number one, Ovechkin number two sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But I think if Ovechkin breaks the Gretzky record, like I know it's kind of one-dimensional-ish or whatever, but that's the best goal scorer of all time. 
I think that I think the race or the debate between those two starts to get really fuzzy because you can say all these things about Crosby. Crosby's even got like over 500 something goals. Like that's great and all, but like the other guy is also the best goal scorer of all time. <laughs> like yeah. I don't know what it is, but something about that is just like so bonkers. And then the Steve Dangle guys were trying to back into, even though that's what they said, they're trying to back into like, well, what's Crosby like? the best ever at and they're like well he's like probably like the best ever like leader he's probably like the best ever like that's not like true mark tight... Nothing, baby. i know <laughs> they're like or maybe the he's like the best in tight him. spaces and i'm like okay see how you're like grasping for straws and like to try and match something up that's not to say he's bad or or is even number two to ovechkin i just think before right it was like it just was sort of a given that Crosby was ahead of Ovechkin career-wise but like yeah. if, if you're Ovechkin and you hit that number you hit 900 goals how, I just don't know how can how can you take another some other player and be like well I think they have the better career they have the better career compared to the greatest goal scorer of all time mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's just so hard it's I think it's one of these things that I try and appreciate when I see Ovechkin play or the fact that he's played for our lifetime and everything because this is something that probably doesn't get, get touched in like a, a long time. Like Connor McDavid's an amazing player. And mm-hmm. I think they were trying to figure out what pace he'd have to go on for like the next, I forget, they said maybe like 12 years if he's in the league for like 12 more years. And it's something like 50 goals a season on average. And he's never, and he's never even, he's gotten over like 40 once, or maybe he's gotten 40 multiple times. So the most he's ever had is like 44 like he's on a better pace this year, but it's like the best player currently playing probably can't even catch Ovechkin. And if that's, and McDavid's a rarity. So it's like, we're just watching like an alien play, just like a complete freak. They also did some measurement of like how many hits he's had in his career compared to like um, Stamkos and Crosby. And I forget who the, one of the other guys was that was up there that they're comparing him to. And like Crosby has like, 800 or something and Stamkos is like 500 I forget like Ovechkin had like 2000 or something it was like ridiculous it was like some asinine number yeah I mean he's insane he's so he's so 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 good and you know he won his cup I think that helps a lot right I think that helps a lot I think even if you beat the goal scoring record like that, I've, I'm not taking anything away from that, but I think you would just always have these this group of people be like, well, but he never won a cup though. So, but just having the one just checks that box is like, yep, can't talk about that anymore either. Um, is yeah, is I, I don't know. You're just never you're never gonna see a guy like that play again. I just especially just like that complete type of player. The fact that he like scores at the rate he does and he's also built like a freaking bear mixed with like a tank or whatever like, yeah he's just like a a complete standout of a player in a league that has a lot of standout talent wise but maybe not a lot of standout like personality wise or even look wise i feel like you can mm-hmm. just you can like see ovechkin from a distance even in all his gear and be like that's alex ovechkin like i know yeah. it Yep. Yeah. And I would say, you know, there's an argument to me for retiring eight league wide if he catches that number. 
he is number eight. I mean, you mm-hmm. can make the same argument about 87 or 97, and then, it, you know, eventually you can just retire every number. But, like, there's an argument if he catches the unbreakable goal scoring record that that's a number that you should retire permanently. Uh, Ian, it's past midnight here, so why don't we go ahead and jump into our uh, Christmas movie draft? Let's do it. Because then we can stop and I'll go to bed. <laughs> and that's how that works. Um, I'm going to give you the first pick. Uh, but first, before we get into that, let's explain why Die Hard is ineligible <laughs> for this. Because it's not a fucking Christmas movie. It's not. I'm sorry. It's not. You it can't takes place just, during Christmas. You can't just you put Christmas lights in a movie and make it a Christmas movie. It was released on July 12th. It's not a Christmas movie. Christmas in July, though. That's what people yeah, say. Uh, yeah, well, they're idiots. That's what I would say. <laughs> Nakatomi Plaza is not a Christmas tree. So there you go. Um, anyway, what's your number one overall pick again? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, dude, you know, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with the base because this is like the Christmas movie I've watched the most as a kid. And I don't even know if people like actually even like this movie, generally speaking. It feels like a, to me, it feels like a weird one. Like people aren't always like clamoring for it sort of thing. Uh For me, it's Tim Allen's The Santa Claus. Wow. (laughs) Okay. That's my number one pick because I've watched that so many times as a kid and it kind of like, felt like an adult Christmas movie because I watched it when I was like four or five and stuff and like I didn't really quite understand what was happening I'm uh-huh. like so this guy becomes Santa and I'm like is that the, is that the story is that how he becomes Santa Claus that's the movie yeah um, um but it's but it's, enjoy, it's an enjoyable movie it's great it's got some great one-liners I I uh me and my dad will still if one of us like drinks milk or gets milk, I don't know, it's a very specific thing, to, very specific instance to bring up, but like we'll say normal milk's fine. And it's a throwaway line in there when the slow boy asks for chocolate milk and they say they're out and he just says normal milk's fine. And he's, I'm so sand injected. <laughs> it's not even a funny line, but we say it to each other all the time. <laughs> and, and one time I brought this up to somebody, that movie, and they said that to me who was it someone i worked with at panera during college and it blew my mind (laughs) because i was like not only have you watched this movie enough to know this line you gave me a line that didn't fucking matter yeah (laughs) that's the line i know the same one yeah it was crazy um it's good it's got it's got good laughs it's got it's got heart santa's got like santa's elves have like flamethrowers at one point i want to say um the other two, the other two, there's a Santa Claus two and three, and I think they've released both series. Terrible. Oh, yes, uh-huh. no, dead series, hot garbage, fucking terrible. Oh, nice. This first one is like 90s Disney, where they're kind of like, eh, kids aren't dumb. Um, uh-huh. and then the other ones are 2000s Disney, where they're like, ah, kids love sugar. And ah, kids are dumb. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. It's got a very, it's got a great '90s feel. It's got um, underrated character is the the stepdad. I think he's the stepdad. What's his mm. name? Judge, Judge something. This guy's name is Judge. That's his actual name. But he's a great, judge. 
Judge Dredd. Yeah, yeah. Um, God, I can't remember his name, but he's, he's a good character actor. Never made any sense to me as a little kid, but it's when you, I love movies where you can enjoy them as a kid, then you grow up and you watch it again. And it's like just as enjoyable, but also for like different reasons too. Judge Reinhold. Judge Reinhold. Great, great guy. Um, yeah, uh, so Santa Claus, number one. That's Santa Claus, by the way, released on November 10th, which is the time you would release a Christmas movie. And the movie I will be drafting was delivered, was released on November 10th. Uh, Sorry, Santa Claus was November 5th, if I said that wrong. Uh, This movie is November 10th, 1990. It's Home Alone, an undisputed first overall pick to me. Uh, I would say you you, uh, took the obvious one. You, You didn't take the obvious one because I'm very high on Home Alone. Not everybody's as high on Home Alone as me. To me, the I mean, I think it's everything that you said about the Santa Claus. For me, it's the one I've watched the most. I can quote it all. Um, I love it. The music, John Williams, Chef's Kiss, um, the whole premise, the story, the sweet old guy coming mm-hmm. in at the end. Joe Pesci is in it. Macaulay Culkin, I mean, for child performances top of the list as far as i'm concerned <laughs> top of the list uh you know crazy now but hey he married brenda song so things are going great for him all around the board um it's just so good it's so fun it's ridiculous it's insane uh it's cheerful it's snowy it's got good music it's everything you want a christmas music movie to be and i am sticking with home alone as my one of one pick so who's your number two? And she is married to Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, it's messed up, right? Wasn't he dating after he was with? Yes, yeah. Mila Kunis, yeah. yeah. He was yeah. the OG. Um, He's Pete Davidson. Yeah, the OG Pete Davidson. <laughs> you know what? That's so mean. That's so mean to Macaulay Culkin. Is it though? Year. Look at his face. Do you see his face? <laughs> Yeah, but he doesn't do drugs no more. Did you know that drugs. Megan Trainer? I may have said this already on this podcast, but Megan Trainer's married to the Spy Kid. Really? Yeah, the Spy Kid. The, that Spy, your Spy Kid. Brenda's song is not an unattractive person. I just want to say that. <laughs> Get that out there. Yeah, I'll just break that down. So, who's your number two, Ian? Before oh, we go on to more thirst traps. Let me see. I feel like I don't watch that many Christmas movies. So I'm like, okay, okay. I think we all know that the sexiest woman in a Christmas movie is Claymation <laughs> Mrs. Snowman in the uh reindeer in the Rudolph movie. You know I'm talking about. That's right. Um you know what? Got, Number two for me is he's uh, got some junk in the trunk. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, number two for me is the animated uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. That's a good That's a good call. That's a good pick. That'd probably be my number two, too. And definitely animated. I, You know, yeah. I don't hate the Jim Carrey one. But that's grown on me. It's grown on yeah. me on how freaking weird it is. Yeah, agreed. But uh, animated all the way. Uh, probably one of my favorite Christmas songs. Um, Your Mean One, Mr. Grinch. Oh, yeah. Great, great decision can't fault you at all for that the how the grinch stole christmas which is ironic because he really failed to steal christmas in the end that's right well, um, because it lives in your heart Stephen. that's right uh 
number two for me, probably the oldest of the movies that we'll put on this list. It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, you can say that's a that you can say that's a, a you know a sappy pick, a weird pick for a young and very forward-thinking person like myself. Um, but it's a terrific movie. It, uh, by the way, was released on December twentieth, like a Christmas movie should be. Um, just you know your classic Christmas tale. I've noticed that both Home Alone and It's a Wonderful Life hang on the central premise of wishing for something bad and then painfully learning the mis- the mistake of your wish over the course of the rest of the movie. Um, Jimmy Stewart, you know, you can't get over Jimmy Stewart. He's so he's so adorable. Frank Capper, great direction, uh, more good music. You know, you've got this, the, the iconic Merry Christmas, you old building alone, that scene, you know. Everybody knows the scene I'm talking about. Folks, if you have seen It's a Wonderful Life on TV during the holiday season and you've watched parts of it or you have gone in and out, you have to go watch this absolute acid trip of a movie because it is wild. It's crazy. You don't know which way is up or which way is down. And uh, by the end of it, it's just a sweet, sweet, sweet story that makes you smile, maybe makes you cry if you're into that. And it's just fantastic. So it's a wonderful life, the number two for me um, by a long shot. I love them both. I watched it for the first time, um, like completely all the way through, like, I don't know, probably like three or four years ago. Uh Um, And I didn't realize that he like, spoiler alert jumps off the bridge or fails to jump off the bridge or whatever yeah. so late in the movie uh-huh i thought that was like most of the movie and i was like i remember watching his like, this movie's long he hasn't even done anything yet um i also thought of that movie today because i had to go to the bank and i had to ask for like a voided check and i had asked for a specific kind of voided check and all this stuff and i don't know if you ever sit down at the Can bank just write void on one or you had to get I, I had to get this one gotcha, with me gotcha, and gotcha me and Arlene's name on it together because my other ones don't or whatever. But when you sit down and you talk to a banker, I automatically feel like I should literally have my hat in my hand and be like, so I was just hoping for, you know, a few more dollars out of my own bank account. Please, <laughs> mister, could you help me out? Like sat there and schnucks and I'd be like, please, can I have a voided check? And he's going to be like, no, your rent's late or whatever you- people do. Have you seen this recent version of The Grinch that stars Benedict Cumberbatch? Oh, this the the CGI one. I have not um, actually watched it, but I I know it exists. I'm curious. I kind of want to check it out, but I kind of also don't at the same time. I can't. I can't imagine. I could be wrong, but I can't imagine it's good. That's right. I can't either. Ian, give me your number three. Give the people your number three um number three is going to be the uh the claymation claymation uh rudolph the red-nosed reindeer okay very good choice that probably would have been on my list too tell us why with the vhs of that definitely i think of all the claymation christmas movies watch that one the most um Oh, I, I always liked it. I liked that the little elf wanted to become a dentist for no apparent reason. I uh-huh. mean, you know, always had a dream. Um, I like the songs in there. I like the the crazy um, Yeti, whatever they called him. He bounces. Mm-hmm. He fell off the side and they thought he freaking died. And then he like came back and they're like, oh yeah, 
it starts with a B. It's like Bumble something's bounce. And I'm like, okay, he's not dead. That's <laughs> it teaches us not to make fun of people because if you make fun of them, they might end up having to lead the whole team because of their um, you know, freak X-Men power. That's right. That's exactly right. I always liked that Santa Claus was like had a big head and a big beard, but somehow was actually sort of thin. Mm-hmm. I was like, why is it he's got this, this ginormous bobblehead? It was good. It was a good movie. It was good times. Yeah, very good movie. I think that's a great choice. Um Ian, I'm I'm a little conflicted here because I I have two more that I definitely want. Um, and, and I don't know if you pick either of them next, but I'm trying to think which one that it's more likely for you to pick next. <sighs> I'm going to go ahead and take out with the number three pick on my side. Um, this is one, this is a, a late bloomer for me, you know, um, original. I'm not, how, how do I say this without triggering people? I like Will Ferrell a lot. But I think of myself as not a Will Ferrell fan sometimes because, like, some people are like really into Will Ferrell, you know, and oh, yeah. all his Will Ferrell sort of like I'm big, I'm dressed in a thong, I'm doing all this crazy stuff sort of thing, you know. Right. And that's that's not for me. Um, but but what I think I have learned over time is that Elf really isn't that at all. It's really very heartfelt and very sincere and. Um, you know, very sweet, very magical, all that stuff. Uh, and it's just also really funny, you know, it's just also, it's a good movie. It's got a blonde, very young Zoe Deschanel. Um, oh yeah, that's so, crazy. Uh, that's always weird to see. Um, well, Farrell was probably like 40 at the time and she's like, you know, 14. <laughs> so that's creepy. But, um, yeah, I never quite they have a nice friendship i never quite liked that they ended up together and they had like a baby i was like mm, this doesn't feel like this is that kind of movie yeah yeah well spoilers Ian, but i guess uh, <laughs> um, that's right but yeah i mean you know you got bye buddy i hope you find your mom or i hope you find your dad he's got the he's an angry elf um it's just great it's just a good movie it's dumb it's got that kind of boyhood wonder element, even though it's an adult actor, you know, it's, I don't know. It's just good. It's just good stuff. So that's going to be my number three. My number four is on deck. I hope you don't take it. Go ahead. What's your next pick? You know, you're going to take it. I know. I, I can feel it. I can feel it coming. <laughs> this, I did not, growing up, I did not like this movie. Here it comes. This movie, this movie, in fact, Stephen, in fact, I didn't not just like it. It also scared me a little bit. Oh, that, that's a twist. Okay. And that movie is The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, baby. That is not the one I was going to take. Okay, go ahead. Explain your, explain your thinking. I could even move this one up higher. I think as an adult, I've rewatched this and I'm like, oh, this is like, this is just like whimsical fun. And even like, the, oh, man, the what's this song? Freaking dope. Great song. Interruption. Yeah. Pause. Speaking of Tim Burton, have you watched Wednesday yet? No, but I want to. Dude, you have to watch this. It is so damn good. It is. I've seen that dance scene like 20 times already and I haven't watched anything. That's a given. But oh man, it is like, it's like 
you know, you watch some shows and you're like, that's pretty good. And yeah. Wednesday is like, God damn, that was good. I think it's I think it past Dahmer is like the second most streamed English language like thing on Netflix now. Uh, I'm probably just gonna watch it again. Like it, oh, oh, oh it was so good. It's so well done. How many episodes uh, is it? Eight. Okay, that's not bad. Um, and it's like it's just like actiony, like the way more action than you'd think. Creepy, but not like scary creepy as much. It's got some really great uh Uncle Fester is a character, and I won't spoil it for you. You'll probably figure it out faster than I did, but like I could tell I knew who was playing him, but I could not like the makeup was done so well I had to look up who was playing him. Okay. Um just so 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 good. So so good. Oh, and another recommendation for people, since it is since we are talking about Christmas things, Hawkeye, if you didn't watch it last year, very fun little show, sweet and very Christmassy, That's safe true. for the whole family. Go check that out. It's a good one. So sorry for the re- interruption. Tell us more about um your obsession with Nightmare Before Christmas. It's just I I think the the songs alone kind of win me over and i i realized that it's not as scary as i thought it was as a child it's still kind of spooky i mean they do kidnap santa claus and those little kids uh like i'm pretty sure want to kill them um like mm-hmm. oogie boogie is like freaking great that's like the best like i oh, think yeah. is that like a disney movie right that's like the best disney villain he's like mm-hmm. fantastic he's like it's like gambling I think he's addicted to gambling. I think that's what mm-hmm. I took away from it, which is sad. Um, Jack Skellington, you know, uh, an icon. Uh, and you can do double duty on this one. It's Halloween. It's Christmas. Checks two boxes. They're in the woods. I don't remember that at some point in the beginning, they're like, or when he like leaves Halloween land, oh, yeah. he like goes into mm-hmm. Christmas land. There's like an Easter and then there's like a shamrock, like there's other lands. And I was always oh, like, I remember. what yeah. is this? I'm like, this is kind of, he was also command. asking what is this that's how he starts that's, singing what's this that's right yeah, yeah. full circle it's... see uh, can you not you can't <laughs> dislike a movie when it comes full circle that's right um yeah the great great decision great choice Ooh, I nothing wrong with that the can one i was at, i don't know see like this is one might not even be on your radar i just didn't know um it's such a classic for me it's charlie brown christmas oh it's yeah, just yeah, like yeah. it's just like the quintessential christmas movie for me it's not the one that i'm like most excited to watch but it's probably the one that i could just have on at any time and you know have them uh the christmas time is here they're all skating on the lake linus gives his little speech um just sweet you know that and um uh the great pumpkin charlie brown both oh so yeah that's the so, that's the one i always think of yeah, so uh, both are terrific. So that's my number four. Give us your number five. Round it out for us. Uh, number five, another movie we had on VHS. I haven't watched in a while, but I do remember liking it. Um, the Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, very nice. Yep. It's so good. With a, I'm glad with, we had a Christmas Carol representation on here as well. You got it. With a, yeah. a quote-unquote Mine would probably Michael be Caine. The Ghost of Christmas way future from I think you should leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh what's the, what are they called bone bone bonies bonies bo- bo- sort of <laughs> skeletrex is the leader of the bones oh shit oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
fashion use your cane and use your Christmas cheer and bash his brains. <laughs> Scrooge, a cheap bastard, you're doing great at this. <laughs> Uh, so good. That's that's why I love Muppet Christmas Carol. I don't know. Everything's better with Muppets. They could have done Muppets like they should have be required every like couple of years to do it, like Muppets the Iliad or Muppets you know <laughs> <laughs> Muppets uh, Grapes of Wrath. No, yeah, that that probably not that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, Muppets Christmas Carol, fantastic. Ian, I'll round it out. This is going to be a controversial last pick. I don't oh, no. care. People. He's going die hard too. It does snow people, and die hard too. I know people. I know people out there are going to be furious that Christmas Vacation didn't make our list. Oh yeah. I know people out there are going to be furious that Christmas Carol didn't make our list. Christmas Carol could be on mine. I'm going. This is my list. This is a bad choice. I'm admitting people will hate it. I don't give a damn. It's Love Actually. I'm sorry. It <laughs> I'm is. Sorry. It's terrible. That movie is bad in every way, and yet I love it. I actually love it. You see? What oh, I see full circle. Copy? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's just uh, I don't know. It's got everything. It's got Hugh Grant, and it's got everything. <laughs> um, it's just a fun movie. I don't know. I, we, I find myself quoting all that all the time. Um, some of the songs in there is my favorite. I mean, I'll listen to, I'll listen to uh, if you really love Christmas, um, or whatever that song is called. They sing, "I feel it in my fingers, I feel it in my toes." Christmas is all around me. That's what. Oh I'm yeah. I'll listen to that anytime. It's just, it's just dumb fun. Um, According to Rotten Tomatoes, did you know that the number one Christmas movie of all time is Meet Me in St. Louis? Oh, I saw that. I was like, what? I guess there is part. I gotta watch some of Christmas on there. I guess. Judy Garland. So that's our list. That's our list. I like it. Um, Ian, one thing I saw on here, I noticed uh, one of these Christmas movies, movies is Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square. And I would be remiss if I did not mention that the Queen herself was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, where she belongs. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much I've talked about this on this particular podcast. Uh, I've talked about it plenty on our Dolly Parton podcast, One Guy, Two Implants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, i hope someone what? else hears that i hope someone else hears <laughs> it, it it comforts me to know that dolly would have been very fine with that show <laughs> but <laughs> um but as as she has been quoted as saying it takes a lot of money to look this cheap but uh i love dolly Parton. she is I th- I'm convinced she's the best like human being on planet Earth, um, and just like such a I mean such a genuinely legendary songwriter. And um, when she was nominated for the Hall of Fame for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Dolly Parton was she's so humble that she was like, "Oh no no no, I don't deserve to be in that." <laughs> and then like they they pulled her arm for like three months, and she was finally like, "All right, I'll come." Um, she is you know she's a queen. Jolene, to, in my opinion, could definitely in the conversation for greatest song ever written. 
uh, greatest like at least you know current modern poppy rock like that category of song mm-hmm. it's so good uh just shout out to dolly part and that's all i want to say she's always she's so great if you haven't watched her um if you if you haven't watched her induction ceremony which is on hbo max you should if only for the fact that um they sing you like jolene is the big send-off song for the entire like the mm. entire presentation which means everybody comes out and sings it which means like eurythmics is out there um who who else somebody else crazy was out there uh, i can't remember one of the other ones and then the the best part is rob halford from judas priest <laughs> comes out and sings jolene with her. Um, that's pretty cool there's also uh carly simon was inducted and um she couldn't be there so they had olivia rodrigo sing you're so vain which is just like perfect i was just thinking <laughs> the committee was probably like we need to find someone as petty as Carly Simon, and we have one week, and somebody stood up and was like, I got it, boss. <laughs> We're good. Um, but yeah, it, it was fun. Um, but yeah, so shout out to a real one, a legend, the greatest of all time, Dolly Parton. Incredible. Um, anything else you want to say before we sign off? Uh, I guess we'll, we'll we'll be here again before Christmas. Get your Christmas shopping done. Yeah, people, what are you waiting for? It's Christmas Day almost. It's been December for a while now. Oh, Duran Duran, that was one of the other ones. Oh. This this year, this was a hell of a year. Pat Benatar, Duran Duran, Eurythmics, Dolly Parton, Lionel Richie, Carly Simon, and Eminem. Holy crap! Yeah, that's a pretty good group. Those are all bangers. Pat, Pat Benatar, inducted by Cheryl Crow. Duran Duran, inducted by Robert Downey Jr. Some for some reason. Uh, Eminem probably. Doctor. It's probably who was listening to us. He did all his drugs. Probably. Dr. Dre, The Edge did Eurythmics. Pink did Dolly Parton. Lenny Kravitz did Lionel Richie. And Sarah Bareilles did Carly Simon. I mean, man, it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. Harry Belafonte, also inducted as an early influence as a builder non-performance Jimmy Yovine I don't know who that is but Bruce Springsteen inducted him Alice Cooper inducted uh, Judas Priest man incredible that's a big group is that did they like is that always that big I feel like some years they have like less yeah, I don't think they had that many every year. Let's see. Okay. Last year, oh, hold on, wrong, wrong category. Last year was uh, apparently they have a, a close to that every year. Last year was Tina Turner, Todd Rundgren, Carol King, Jay Z, The Go Go's, Foo Fighters. That was last year. Okay. T Rex, The Notorious Big, Nine Inch Nails, Whitney Houston, The Doobie Brothers, Depeche Mode. Man, sometimes I'm oh. like, sometimes I'm like, how can you put five groups or six groups into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame every year? And then I see who they put in there and I'm like, who am I arguing with on this? True. <laughs> you know, like, um, man, I just, I, uh, I love music and, I, and I'm not afraid to say it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it is, 
twelve thirty here on the East Coast, and I've still got an episode of One Guy Two Implants to record tonight. So, um, I hope that everyone has a very, very merry week before Christmas. Get a lot of Christmas shopping done. Amazon Prime's very good, but it won't save you if we wait till Christmas Eve. So, get your shopping done now. Be a good little boys and girls. Don't end up on the naughty list. Um, and that's all I got. That's that's it. So, Ian, anything before we sign off? Yeah, don't upset Krampus. Don't upset Krampus and, you know, don't upset Tim Allen because he'll yell at you about politics or something. <laughs> um, so, uh, thanks, everybody. Have a wonderful night and Merry Holiday. See ya. I'm dreaming of a Smoky Mountain Christmas With the kids around the fireplace stringing popcorn for the tree I'm dreaming of a Smoky Mountain Christmas With nothing but that money by